everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Just getting started. Uh, we are very appreciative of being inside the nice climate-controlled, I know it has its moments, but so much better inside here in the wow business studio well, we're gonna get a little rain outside a couple drops uh, landing well, landing on I, me I saw, so. I saw a dark cloud up there so that that's the well that's that's typical summer type weather it gets so hot and so humid the clouds can't stand it anymore and they let a little rain go right but we're we're in the uh, in the in the mix of a uh, yeah but bunch of days right around 90 oh i think a, yeah i think a couple uh, months 90 is about the lowest High temperature that I see for the next couple of weeks. The occasional tropical depression may come right. through and, and and break that up. There is there is something swirling in the Gulf of Mexico already. Uh, by the way, right right mm-hmm. on right on schedule on the first day of uh, of hurricane season in the uh, in, in first in, official day in the Atlantic. That's right, That's right. June first, among other things that uh, that get started on on June first, the month of June. Uh, for, yeah. for that matter, and we're here in the uh, in the Wow Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to Wow. Visit WowForBusiness.com. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome in guests when they can't be with us here in the studio. And, of course, take your calls, questions, comments, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, Presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And uh, we, we mentioned guests uh, who are normally with us. Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers, AUTigers.com, usually with us here in the WOW Business Studio. He is wrapping up interviews uh, with Auburn baseball and, and maybe some other participants as, as well as uh, we get ready for the Auburn Regional starting Friday morning at 11 o'clock with Florida State and UCLA. I uh, just got my uh, info from uh, from Auburn about the practice plans and uh, some availabilities. Um, uh, UCLA is going to be practicing uh, tomorrow morning, mid-morning. Ooh, that's going to be nice and comfy. UCLA practicing uh, from 11.30 to 12.45. Florida State practicing from 1 to 2.15. Southeastern uh, practicing from 2.30 to 3.45. Of course, Southeastern, Auburn's opponent on Friday evening. Um, and, and we'll talk with, with Jason about that and more when he gets done wrapping up some interviews over at uh, Plainsman Park uh, in the next few minutes. Do we have an idea about the pitching matchups for uh, Friday not, and Saturday? I have I not am- seen the pitching matchups Yes. I would think that, uh, that that's something that would be asked about by the, the folks sure over will be. At, at the baseball uh, complex. So who, who would you think is getting the start on Friday if you had to, uh, if you had to put yourself in, uh, in, in, in Butch's shoes? Like who, who would you think is getting, is getting the Friday start? For, like how, how, do you, how do you think he deploys it? Uh, well, since, since you're playing the four seed, I would think maybe he just goes with his, you know, Maybe with Trace uh, uh, in, in, in the opening game, same, saving Joseph for the winner of the, hopefully, 
for the winner of the Florida State UCLA game, or 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 a game to decide. You know, if you if you were to lose that first game, a, a game a game to decide. You have, know, have the guy that's been your ace season on the line. No, I agree. I, I think it's it seems like may, maybe if it maybe if you're the two seed three seed, you approach it a little bit more as game one as a do or die because you want to stay out of the loser bracket. I would think as the one seed, uh, yeah, you you might throw. Uh, you you wouldn't feel the need to throw your ace right now uh, because you might want to hold him for the second game, either uh, to, uh, to to advance uh, with a second straight win or to survive if you're in the loser's bracket. I, I agree with you. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Maybe, I mean, maybe Jason will have that info when he comes on here today. We'll also talk to him about, uh, hey, there, there's been a, a shakeup in the, uh, in the 24-7 lineup. Did yeah, see, about see that. I saw, yeah. saw that. Uh, he, yesterday, I, I mentioned to you that a couple of prominent guys that have been on the Auburn beat for a while were were changing spots. Keith Niebuhr moving on from twenty four seven, and Christian Clemente yesterday announcing that it was his his last day with Rivals. Well, today's his first day with twenty four seven. That's right, Christian Clemente jumping over to uh, to uh, AU Undercover to Inside the Auburn Tigers, right? And he's going to do recruiting. Uh, with the uh, with the great folks who work, I mean, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these subscription services. No, I mean, no, you're right. AuburnSports.com has a great staff. Christian's going to join uh, the uh, the folks at, at Inside the Auburn Tiger. Who I mean, we're, we're happy to talk with Jason uh, every week, and uh, and yeah, it's a it's a, uh, uh, a a big move among the beat. But uh, you know, Christian's uh, a well liked guy, and and all the beat writers are are happy to uh, you know to, to hear that he's going to uh, he's going to stick around. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll talk with Jason about that. I mean, this is the the really. Recruiting is really about to crank up for the summer camps. Auburn has their first elite camp coming up Friday. I know, man, what a busy day it's going to be for, uh, for, for a lot of folks on Friday. You've got a big, big elite football camp. You've got the regional going on. you got Bonnie Raitt playing a oh, concert. That's true. that's true. Dang it. I didn't, didn't realize that when I, when I ordered tickets for some of the, uh, for our concert tour that we're going on. Here have you, men- have you mentioned, days. I mean, because uh, we, we're going to have stuff to talk about tomorrow and we're going to talk with Jason shortly. Have you mentioned where, where you're, what you're up to this weekend? Uh, yeah. Let's see over the next few days starting Friday. And, and, and yeah, uh, that, that's why, um, you know, at least, at least we have Sunday and, and hopefully the regional is done and Auburn's wrapped it up before Monday, but Hey, I'm available Sunday and Monday because yeah, we've got uh, we have tickets to see Bonnie Raitt at Chastain on Friday, Garth at Protective Stadium in Birmingham on Saturday, and then we're back. And I forgot. Uh, let me let me check the venue for uh, for next Tuesday night. Uh, next Tuesday night, we have uh, tickets to see the the Doobie Brothers. Oh, that's a busy week. Bonnie Raitt, Garth Brooks, and the uh, and the Doobie Brothers all in uh, all in a week. So yeah, Bill Cameron going to uh, going to see some live music. And and yeah, you that's you, a, that a, that's at Ameris Bank. You booked you booked yeah, the Bonnie Raitt tickets before Auburn was hosting. Oh a regional. yeah, yeah. And I had the Doobie Brothers tickets for two years because it was their fiftieth <laughs> anniversary tour, which got uh, COVIDed out. Now it's the fifty. And then the, and then they then they decided, oh, they're going to do it in summer of twenty one. Both times it was going to be on a weekend. This time it came back, and it's like, no. Oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. As I look at this, I see another change in dates. Uh-oh. Oh, are you serious, man? Did the Doobie Brothers get pushed? The Doobie Brothers have been moved did back they, did, again. Did they delay the Doobie Brothers? Yeah, it was going to be June 7th. Uh-oh. It's now July 17th. That's What day of the week is that? That's media days. Well. Or no, that's not. That's not. Uh, uh, that's that's right around media. I think, it is. It is I think right the, around I think media the 20th, days. I think the 20th is the Wednesday of media days. 
So July 17th would be a Saturday, uh, a Sunday. It's a Sunday night. Oh, July, it could be worse. July 17th. Worse. July 17th is a Sunday night. Okay. Or it's a Sunday. All right. Well, that, that's actually better than a Tuesday and I, night. And I so that, think, means I will, that means I should be here next Tuesday. And then media days would be the 19th, 20th, 21st. Is that general, generally, is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Or just... uh, it's usually Monday through Thursday. Okay, so that'd be the 18th through the 21st would be. So I just stay there in Atlanta. Well, but we don't, we're not there on Monday. I mean, so, no. so I mean. Or, or, I, I may be. Or maybe you will be there if you're going, if you're going to a show in Atlanta on, on the 17th. <laughs> on uh, Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. and then and I'm going to try to drag you to the wrestling show on the, uh, on, on the 20th. Okay. When we're, when we're there in Atlanta. Yeah, we'll celebrate, we'll celebrate Scott's birthday. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll bring, uh, bring, uh, bring the Scots along. All right, so, yeah, you've got a lot of, uh, you, you got a lot of music to, uh, to get to this weekend, but yeah, it's one less one less show now. I've only got two. That's oh, that's true. You got, only got Birmingham and Atlanta Friday you, and Saturday. You only now. have Bonnie Ray. Have you ever seen either of them before? Yeah. Uh, any, uh, uh, well, I haven't haven't seen Garth. Really? Okay. Uh, no, I mean, I, I I know there's no question. It's going to be a great show. That's a bucket list I'm, one for a lot I'm, of people. I'm, I'm I, okay. Let, let I would say I've heard Bonnie Rich great in my live. Seen I've Bonnie, heard, I've heard seen, she's wonderful seen, live. Seen Bonnie live, uh, and she is she is great. I would say. In order, in my excitement order of seeing them, it would go doobies at the top. I mean, that's that's my okay, sure. you know, my old, the old classic rock. And I've seen Bonnie, and I'm really, and I know it's going to be a good show. But I just, I, I, I'm sort of re- really interested in the show that Garth Brooks. Puts oh yeah, on. no, I mean, I mean, you... Garth's music is, I mean, it's it's very good. It's not at the top of my list, but it's a uh, I'll tell you what, one of one of my favorite serious channels is Garth is because Garth's it channel, is so eclectic. You never know what you're going to be hearing on there. No, and, I, I think, and that's the thing. He he does a lot of different a lot of different things and and does a great great show. On I, I would imagine uh, I would imagine that yeah the Garth Brooks Stadium show like even if you're even even if you're more of a casual fan than a hardcore mm-hmm. you know he's uh, uh yeah yeah I don't know the words be, to every single song yeah and and you'll you know and there will be people there who do oh yeah yeah I know that along, no, there will be a uh, lot of people I, I, I think you'll I think you'll still I think you'll still enjoy yourself you know there is a piece of Auburn news we haven't gotten to yet which is the Alan Flanagan news the yes yes we mentioned it. yesterday that Dylan Cardwell had announced he was withdrawing from the NBA draft today this morning Alan Flanagan uh, I think John Rothstein was the first to uh, to post that but Alan Flanagan. Withdrawing from the NBA draft and returning to Auburn for his senior year. Yeah, I want to see if I can find a list uh, because today is the withdrawal deadline for the uh, for the 2022 NBA draft and uh, and and a couple players, not just Alan Flanagan, but players that that Auburn had been linked to uh, in recruiting potentially uh, had uh, had decisions to make. I was trying to see if uh, if Malachi had, uh, had had decided officially from uh, from UT Chattanooga, some other folks too. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to. Uh, uh, yeah, this this could be you could you could see some headlines in the you know in the day or so with uh, uh, in, in a day or so with with different prominent figures deciding uh, you know make, making their decision because the the deadline is it tonight or was it already it's I, I, I think it's I think it's it's I thought end of, it, I, I end just, of business today yeah, maybe? I just thought it was June 1st I didn't know the time on June 1st but uh, but yeah I mean so that that's I think that's good news. Uh, for Auburn to to get Allen back, Allen um, performed well there, working out one, for NBA teams. One piece of news today, just like we were saying, because some of these for the for the teams that have a big piece of next year's team making a decision today about the draft, and there are a couple SEC teams that would fit that mold. Arkansas found out Jalen Williams is staying in the NBA draft, 
which is mm. for you know for an Arkansas team that some people thought could be a preseason top three, top five team in uh, in college basketball next year. Jalen Williams was expected to be a a big part of it. He announced over the weekend that he was staying in the draft. I was meaning to check on uh, Santiago Visto- Viscovi, who yeah, I, I didn't see anything uh, about him. So folks assume that Viscovi was. Um, was was going to uh, yeah so he announced over the weekend as well he was another player where throughout the process I think it was expected that he would come back and play another year uh, at point guard for the Tennessee Volunteers he confirmed that uh, over the weekend too so I mean you've had some players today Alan Flanagan announces but this was the this was the deadline for fringe NBA draft prospects to make clear if they wanted to play another year of college basketball they could go into the portal especially the grad transfer players. You know, some of, a lot of them went into the portal when right. they declared. Some of them Grad if, transfers didn't have to worry about going into the portal. Grad transfers don't have to worry about it. Remains to be seen if Auburn's going to uh, going to seriously pursue anyone with this final scholarship or uh, or or make a uh, you know or try to chalk it up to the uh, NCAA penalties. Yeah, and we'll get uh, thoughts from Jason, but I, you know, I tend to think that Auburn right now is going to stand pat. Unless I mean I I think that it would take somebody not on their radar right now becoming available uh, because it does seem like of the, uh, of the current options, uh, they, um, you know, they, they maybe feel pretty good about their chances. Now, Jalen Harper is coming in as a walk-on right right now. J- Jalen Harper was Jared Harper's younger brother. Jer- who, yeah. Who has, uh, let's see, started, he started his career at Florida Gulf coast. That's right. Then he went to Vincennes up in Indiana and then he was at Shelton State in Tuscaloosa this past year. Yeah, I remember Jalen as a uh, as a recruit, and I mean there there were several Sun Belt teams that were in on him. I think both of the uh, both of the Sun Belt Georgia teams, Georgia State and Georgia Southern, uh, among uh, among some others that were uh, thinking about you know bringing him in. But he ends up going to Florida Gulf Coast, spends a year at Shelton State as the um, he had a year in between at, at Vincennes in Indiana. Right, and then and then yeah, he's so he is a fourth year. Player, I think, with two years of eligibility left. That's great, and he's going to come in as a uh, as a as a walk on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it, this, this is a uh, this is a player. Always that, been a really good shooter. Yeah, I mean, you, as at, at a high school, I mean, you, that was a big reason why he was the recruit he was. So it's it's dangerous to expect production from walk ons in basketball or football. But I mean, this is a piece that you know maybe could uh, you know could could challenge for. Uh, you know, part of the backcourt, but I that doesn't. I mean, it's. I think it's more news because it's it's J, it's, it's, right, Jared, it's Jared's Jared younger, younger brother. brother. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a cool story that he's uh, that he's in the mix, regardless of what he ends up providing on the basketball mm-hmm. court. Yeah. So uh, just some little tidbits there. Uh, we'll go ahead and get to our first break. Hopefully, be hearing from uh, Jason Caldwell here shortly, and we'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on everything going on. As we said, a really really busy time. With, uh, with football camps and recruiting cranking up and baseball and, and so much more in the basketball news as well. So stick with us. We're just underway here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hello, Auburn Opelika. If you sometimes get a little tired of news, sports talk, ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. And I'm, I'm doing some serious investigating here. As... I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a prediction. I <laughs> I think the show has been moved to the 17th, and I think that Live Nation is first with this information, and everybody else is behind. 
That's yeah, my prediction. Is that, is that you? It, it, and it Live may, Nation, I thought was like a, a sub of uh, Ticketmaster. Yeah, there it's yeah. It's, All right, Ticketmaster now shows it July seventeenth. Right. All right, because I was looking at the venues site, and the venues site still shows it next Tuesday it, night. We just jumped into a conversation we were having during yeah. the commercial break, so we'll we'll bring people <laughs> up to you. So Bill's seeing the Bill thought he was seeing the Doobie Brothers next. Well, week. I mean, look, I've had tickets again for over two years. Yes. I guess I've never seen the Doobie, and this was going to be a cool one because it has my favorite Doobie Brothers, and that featuring Tom Johnston as lead singer. But Michael McDonald is also with them, so it has both. Of course, my favorite, both Michael McDonald. Ooh, yeah, well, uh, you, you you do a pretty good Michael McDonald. Uh, but uh, I thought it would really be cool to see all of them together because it's their their fiftieth anniversary tour. Got tickets, like. Christmas of 2019 for the summer of 2020. And obviously that got postponed because of COVID. They were going to do it again in 2021 and COVID hung around a lot longer than anybody thought. So they pushed it back to June 7th. COVID's going to have their 50th anniversary tour pretty soon. Yeah. God, I, I, I doubt that I'll be around for that one, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, just, just the other day, I mean, I mean, within the last, Three or four days, I was looking at my items in my wallet, tickets that I had in my wallet and in my digital wallet, and I, I know I still saw June 7th because that's when it made it so crazy when, when uh, we decided to see Bonnie Raitt and Garth that it was going to be three shows in four days. Uh, actually, it's three and five, but, I mean, the third, fourth, and seventh. But now it's going to spread it out, it appears. So I, I have not – it's odd that there was no notification hmm. – just a change in tickets. I wonder how many people would just that have known it's going to be June seventh. Just drive over to Alpharetta, yeah, and I mean, go. I'm, hey, where's I'm the su- show? I'm surprised you haven't gotten some I have sort not of gotten any notification. Some from, sort of notification. Maybe, Live Nation, Ticketmaster, or the Doobie Brothers, m- or whatever. Maybe that's coming in the next 24 hours. I would think because it does seem like we, you know, we we. I mean, it's still. Yeah. I mean, on the Doobie Brothers, I'm looking at the DoobieBrothers.com right now, and they still have June, June 7th, 7th listed as. Yeah, that's what. Then, I, that's what really freaked me out when you, I looked at their website and at Ameris Bar. Ameris Bank Amphitheater. But then when you click buy tickets to that June 7th concert, it links you to Live Nation, and Live Nation is selling tickets for Sunday, That could July really mess 17th. somebody up. That could yeah. really mess somebody up going, oh, hey, what are we doing that? We're, we're fine that night. My, Let's go ahead and get tickets. Oh, July 17th? Wait a minute. My, guess, my guess would be that this, this just happened in the last few hours, and they're going to find a way to move it. What's curious, I'm, I'm wondering if – so the Doobie Brothers are scheduled to play – Jacksonville on the 5th and Charlotte on the 8th. I wonder if it's something that's caused a lot of these shows to be moved or if they're just uh if if they're just uh if if they're just moving the one in uh, in Alpharetta uh, for the uh, for the time being. And they they have a bunch of they have a bunch of openings between the middle of July and September. So if I guess if they need to make up anything in uh, in in July or August, they'll have the uh, they'll have the opportunity to do so. Okay. Well, well hopefully, yeah. Hope I feel a little better about it right now. Uh, we're going to feel a lot better, though, as we uh, go to not the phone. We're going to Skype. Oh, we're, we're bringing we're in Skyping a- in and uh, bringing in our, our good friend uh, from from the 24-7 network, AuburnTigers.com. Uh, that, of course, is Jason Caldwell. Jason, how you doing today? Jason, can you hear us? Jason, can you hear us? Now. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, how's it going, man? The busy, busy time, busier than usual at this time of year. Yeah, uh, definitely busier than usual for sure. Uh, I'm actually over at, at Plains and Park right now. Uh, came to a couple of things this afternoon. Obviously got media opportunities tomorrow as well. And so just decided to, to work from here a little bit. I actually got a little brief rain shower here. Not Nothing like the rain shower I got at my house last night out of Richland Road, but enough to get the ground wet here a little bit. But then, um, yeah, football, first big elite football camp of the, of the summer on Friday, official visits this weekend. Yeah, a whole lot going on this weekend for sure. Well, I'm jealous. I didn't get any rain at my house last night, so I definitely could have used it. I've got some sod that uh, that, that could handle that. But, no, I mean, uh, hey, you, you've been pretty uh, uh, confident. You were pretty confident all along that even uh, in, in spite of Auburn's one and done in the SEC tournament, that they would be hosting a regional. And it's great to have it back at, uh, in Auburn for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, I thought body of work was, was the key for this team, what they've done on the road, the schedule they played, winning series at Texas A&M and LSU um, was a big deal. Um, you know, you, you played at Tennessee, won a game there. Um, and then, you know, honestly, you know, what teams like Alabama, Kentucky did down the stretch, what what Oklahoma and Texas Tech did this season uh, was, was beneficial for Auburn as well for, for the schedule. So, um, yeah, I thought it was body of work for this team. Uh, they put themselves in a position to, to host and, and they, like I said, get an opportunity to do it, opportunity to do it for the first time in 12 years. And I mean, it's it's crazy to think about it, but you go back to to you know 99, 2003, 2010, and, and now 2022. Um, that's it since the 70s for Auburn as a host. So hmm. uh, big opportunity here. Yeah, now we we were just uh, talking a few minutes ago and wondering, um, yeah, any, any idea the for the pitching plans, or will we have to wait till tomorrow to find out? I think we'll have to wait till tomorrow. My guess has been Trace Bright has been my guess all along for tomorrow. I think that's what it'll be um, with Joseph Gonzalez being a game two starter. I think that's kind of you know what they've been kind of trying to ease towards for much of this year, and then that gives you you know. Potentially Carson Skipper and, Mar- and Mason Barnett for a game three um, to kind of piggyback those two guys if everything goes well. So, yeah, my guess would be a, a Trace Bright against Southeastern Louisiana. That's exactly what uh, what what I was speculating here a few minutes ago. That save. Hopefully, you've got uh, Joseph for the winner of the Florida for the Florida State UCLA winner. And obviously, Joseph has been your your most consistent guy all year. He's, he's got to be one of the guys you pitch in, in the first two days in a regional. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of a no-brainer. Then Trace has been a guy that's been probably more a little bit more consistent. He's a strike thrower um, and pitched – I think he's pitched really well at the end of the year, and you're facing a southeastern Louisiana lineup with, I think, seven other top eight hitters are, are, are right-handers. So it'll be a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. So, I, you know, I think that's where you start from probably from a pitching standpoint for Auburn. Uh, you don't want to get ahead of things, but, I mean, you need to know – uh, the the field, I'm sure that uh, you know Butch and and, and staff have uh, have been scouting these teams. You ha- you had some nice thumbnails sort of on the teams. Uh, we were just we were looking at some of the numbers. Yeah, Florida State, a um, couple of very impressive lefties on the mound. Um, UCLA is a team. <laughs> Dan and I were looking at that UCLA Oregon State game from the other day. That looked like a slow pitch softball score. Yeah, and, and, you know, they're not normally a real offensive team. The West Coast 
they're normally not a, you know, not a, it's not a bash ball kind of the way they play on the West Coast for the most part. The team's got some guys that can swing it, but it, it, you know they've always kind of started on the mound for mm-hmm. UCLA. And Max Rogic is a guy that, that probably going to be their opening game starter. And if you get him and and Parker Messick uh, at 11 a.m. on Friday morning. It's probably the best regional pitching matchup anywhere in the country. Those two guys are really good. Uh, Parker Messick's averaging about 13 strikeouts per nine innings. He has 140 strikeouts this inning. And so, yeah, you look at, at UCLA, and, um, you know, they're pretty solid. They got 41 home runs, um, but they got a freshman with nine and, and, and 39 RBIs. Um, Kyle Karos is Eric Karos's son. Right. A pretty good hitter, long, big kid like his dad was, but – I mean, the most interesting thing about this region is, is what UCLA and Southeast Louisiana do that hardly anybody does anymore. UCLA's got 72 stolen bases as a team. Um, Southeast Louisiana, they run and run and run and run. They got over 100 stolen bases. And so it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic, and a guy like Nate LaRue could be really important this weekend for Auburn. Yeah, this is uh, going to be quite a region. It looks like, I mean – Sure, we we've got a chance of some some you know typical summer type maybe afternoon showers, but uh, looks like it's going to be warm. Uh, I'd yeah, I'd much rather have that six o'clock game than the eleven o'clock game on Friday. That's that's an advantage of being the host and picking the time for that first day. It is, but you know, look, it actually looks uh, looks pretty good for the most part when you start talking about Alabama weather. Oh yeah, it's just going to be hot. Yeah, our Friday, our high now, Friday's 83. Oh, is that right? Wow, yeah. what a change. Yeah, 83-65 Friday night, and then 88-66 Saturday, 88 on Sunday. So, I mean, uh, not projected to be in the 90s in any of those days. And if you're, you know, you still uh, still get a little warm, at, you know, mid-80s and, and humidity is still a pretty warm day at 11 o'clock. But um, shouldn't be too awfully bad for um, a June Alabama weekend. Jason Caldwell with uh, AUTigers.com with us here on the Wednesday Drive. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Yeah, we want to definitely get Jason's thoughts on football with the elite camp and recruiting going on. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan with... Drew at the controls here in the Wow Business Studio. You can call us because we have Jason Caldwell with us on Skype. So if you've got a question or comment for Jason or us, 334-321-1390. Jason uh, with us for a little while longer here on this Wednesday and wanted to get uh, some thoughts from Jason. I mean, as you were saying, I mean, the first elite camp coming up, uh, Auburn with some official visitors coming in this weekend. Recruiting is literally heating up. It is, yeah. It's going to be a uh, pretty big weekend when you start talking about recruiting standpoint, and and you know, obviously you know the these kind of elite camps. will be that that's one I'm kind of a, kind of really anxious to see what the turnout is. You know, with all these guys in the state of Alabama, um, get some of these kids on campus to work out, and so um, that's where you kind of 
kind of start. But yeah, you got this weekend. You got your know, Brock Glenn, the quarterback uh, from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Jaden Osbury, the younger brother of Austin Osbury, uh, Auburn signee, um, be on campus. Keon Brown, a wide receiver from Florida, and then uh, offensive lineman Andrew Frard from Georgia, and then defensive lineman Jamal Jarrett from North Carolina. You got some really, I mean, top-notch, top-level guys. At, at obviously key positions, and it's kind of a little bit spread out there. I mean, I, I think you, you you start talking about needs. You need guys at every position every year. Obviously, you got to sign a quarterback. I mean, you start talking about you know the line of scrimmage is always important. Again, Auburn's already had a couple of guys on campus uh, from official visits at the offensive line position. Ian uh, Jafard is another one. They'll have several more in the month of June as well. And so, you know, that's. You still start talking about most important spots for Auburn, and and beefing up that offensive line is is job number one, and this will be the third offensive lineman already on campus for an official visit. Uh, that's something that Auburn fans really are are you know interested in hearing, and, I, and obviously, I mean, we've explained this that uh, it's tougher to bring in um, players as transfers when you have the numbers that Auburn's had there of, of experienced offensive linemen. But they're going to need to replenish and replenish big after this coming year. Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, it was it was almost an impossible you know spot once you had all these guys come back and, and you had so much experience, so many veteran you know guys on that offensive line that you you know they they took a shot at a couple of transfers, potential transfers, and uh, and it didn't didn't work out. And and so now you're looking. Now you'll still have some transfer possibilities because they're going to need somebody to come in with with experience. But mm-hmm. you're going to have to bulk up from from the high school ranks and build an offensive line as well. And so you start talking about that. I mean, that's uh, you know, probably I want to guess six or seven offensive linemen that you'll have to sign in this class. Probably five of those guys from the high school ranks at a minimum. So this is going to be a really big class. Now. Um... You know, June first is is an interesting day. We were talking a while ago about Alan Flanagan, you know, uh, uh, joining uh, Dylan Cardwell and withdrawing from the draft and coming back to school. June first is also the day that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Jason, that that undergrad transfers need to be on a school's roster. So I I, I don't know about that. I I, I thought they had to be in the portal. No, yeah, they had. Uh, well, they had to be in the portal by May first. Uh, that's May first. That's right. That's I don't right. Know that they have to make a decision by today. I, I, I don't believe anyway. I think that was just last year. I believe. Okay, I, I read. I guess I read that somewhere. Maybe I, I, that I thought. Well, maybe that one snuck up on me because I read it somewhere and I thought, well, that's news. Hmm. I know grad transfers. It's any time, uh, and no, I think you're right. I mean, at least in the past, it hasn't been June first. It may be somebody who uh, uh, just just was tossing some numbers out, and I, I, that that. You're probably right, Jason, because yeah, I don't I haven't, I haven't heard about that because there's still there's still well, there are a lot of players still in the portal in the, in the portal that would be left out and not wouldn't be eligible if, if they didn't make a decision before today. Well, yeah, and that that sort of lends it to the to the the fact that that Auburn, I I think you know whether they be a grad transfer or or whatever would would still like to find somebody else that could help them out at receiver. Still, some possibilities there. Yeah, I think there's still some possibilities there. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, the right fit. Um, that's, you know, you saw, you know, Lane Kiffin talk about that a little bit this week, talking about other coaches have talked about, 
when you when you narrow down the window for potentially letting letting guys transfer and become eligible, it makes it really tough on coaches because there's a lot more homework yet that, that you have to do. You haven't been recruiting these transfers maybe for two or three years like you have some of these high school kids. And so it's a whole lot of work that has to go into a short period of time. And, you know, unfortunately for Auburn, there's some there's some academic side of things that factor into this as well in every sport. I um, talked to a couple of coaches at sports outside of football and basketball that said, look, it, it's tough to get kids in here unless they're early you know, first or first year of college, or if they're a grad, mm-hmm. it's tough yeah. to get them in without losing so many hours if they're if they've been in school for three years. Um, if they're that's, in, that's if a, they're in progress, side of yeah. things. right? That progress toward a degree, trying right. to get their degree, yeah, because that's, uh, yes. that's something we've we've heard has popped up. I believe I don't I don't know if it was officially reported. We heard that was the case with Desi Sills last year, the Arkansas uh, basketball player that that was going to transfer in. There was some issue with. Credits, you know, uh, qualifying, you know, him towards graduation. Yeah, many times it's not and, necessarily grade point. Yeah. It's it's the hours transferring toward a, a, a degree. Yeah, and I think that I think that's been the case with a couple of potential football transfers. These look they've looked at that is you know that they weren't going to be able to to be able to transfer enough credits to hmm. stay on track, and and so that was that was not a, it was a no go, and so that's. That's part of the thing that they're running into as well a little bit on the transfer side of things. Jason, what do you uh, think about the, the proposals that, that, that are out there and going to be voted on about the windows? I know we've talked about it. What did you think about those proposals? Yeah, about the windows for uh-huh. potential transfers? I, I don't like it. I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm with the coaches. I, I, I just don't know why and, and how you're going to go, hey, well, you can only transfer this time of year. It's too late. Uh, you've already opened up the box. It's out there. It's done. Um, if you're if you're going to do that, then you're going to have to tell a coach, hey, if if you if you leave, you got to leave before December 31st because after that you can't leave anymore. I mean, it's the same. You're in the same situation. Um, and so I don't know how you put a time limit on letting the kid transfer, other than you go, hey, you got to be on school before the semester starts. And 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 so other than that, I just I just don't see how this is going to flow by. And the other thing I saw where uh, where Lane Kiffin was talking about uh, the SEC had apparently proposed changing that February rule, uh, but but I don't know that a lot of coaches in this league are going to be crazy about players being able to go through spring ball and then be eligible to play at another SEC school in the fall. Correct. That's the whole point. It's it's kind of that old situation where if you got a guy that doesn't want to be on campus then are you going to force him to stay? Um, it's not doing anybody any good if that's the case. And so because of that, I, I just don't know that there's going to be limitations on it. Um, it is what it is. And like a coach said, said, can you imagine narrowing it down to a, a one month or two months and trying to get all these kids in the portal and all these kids find a new home? You're talking about thousands of guys. Um, it would create an even bigger mess than we have right now. Now, see, what where I was a little confused is I, I thought they were just saying that's when they could sign, that they could go into the portal at any time, but those would be two signing periods. Would that make yeah. more sense? Yeah, I think it would make more sense, but I think, I think they're trying to do it as in you can only go into the portal. That, and, that and, is, that, no, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and see, I think that's the case where these coaches are like, even the signing part of things, if you only – limiting to a couple of months um are are you free to 
recruit those. That's the thing. Are well, here, free, here's are you see, free to recruit those kids even when they're in the portal, even though you can't sign them yet. Sure, uh, sure. Or you I have mean, to they wait they, until the period starts. No, I mean. see, I, what the way I perceived it, and again, this probably isn't right because it makes more sense than the NCAA. I was perceiving it as you'd recruit them the way you recruit anybody else, and their signing period would be that period at the end of the year that would allow them to get in in time for January, or the period at the end of the spring which would allow them to be in in the fall. If they don't sign in that period, then they'd have to sit out a year. I, I agree that's, with that's th- that would at least make sense. I, I agree with Jason's point, and no, I, I think that that's that's sort of what I was assuming too regarding the windows, the signing windows. It seems like restricting oh, if you entrance restrict them from when they go in or when you can recruit them. Res- yeah. Then then you might yeah th- then you're 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 shutting everything down and you're making you're you're forcing way too much. That's like. Yeah, we've got a funnel, and we're going to open a bottle. We're going to open yeah. the floodgates yeah. into this funnel and see how well you know. And there's also it's also fair to wonder about enforcement, given the right. you know the current the the, the, right. the current yes. climate in in college athletics. Yeah, that that's well, we've now now not that I've not that so, I've gotten a lot more confidence in the NCAA. I thought they were finally doing something that might make a little sense. J- Jason, do you I should have known better. Do you that. like but you like the idea of signing windows as sort of a way to make the process more orderly, you know, if they if they had, you know, hey, 3 weeks after the fall semester, 3 weeks after the spring semester, that's when a transfer portal athlete can sign with a new school. Do you think I, that would Yeah, I think in theory that that sounds better. Um but for coaches, you know, you're you're talking about they're already they have a signing period in December where you're trying to bring in mid-year transfers and and to funnel everybody in that situation, which is already kind of done anyway, but, you know, to have another signing period in May um, when they're on the road, they're they're You know, I just don't think you can, I just don't think they're going to be for limiting and having, and having transfer signing periods, uh, initial signing periods, you know, mid-year signing periods, I just don't think that's going to happen. I just think you're just going to have to deal with it. Folks are going to have to realize that this is the way it is. Hey, you brought it on. Now you got to deal with the consequences. J- Jason, I forget which SEC coach said this. It was either Napier or Lane Kiffin in talking about, you know, one of the – might have been Napier because it was this offseason, you know, the changes they've had to make since he arrived. And it's, you know, having a having an organization in place for recruiting and for researching and recruiting – transfers that is as sophisticated as the operation they have in place recruiting and researching players coming out of high school and and the way Billy Napier was talking about it is basically we got to double the the size of the of the recruiting operation because now you you need uh, you need as many or more resources following uh, players who are in the portal or may go into the portal as you do players that you might be recruiting out of high school is is that your sense of where it's going for all of the of the college football superpowers it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of major league baseball teams major league baseball teams have people within their own department who are scouts but all they do is scout other major league baseball teams for potential trading partners for potential free agent guys uh, so they have an internal scout of the teams they play each week i think if you're smart right now you're, you're keeping notes on everybody you play, and that takes a lot of work and a lot of time because when a guy gets in the portal, much like in recruiting, you better be one of the first guys to hit him up. Um, and the longer you wait, the longer it takes you to make up a decision. You know, we mentioned earlier, and I think 
one of the offensive line guys that went in the portal in, in, in November, December. Um, you know, we talked to him a couple of days later, and I think, you know, 45 schools had already contacted him. <laughs> um, you, you have to know what you're dealing with, and sometimes you better you make have to make a decision pretty quick, and that's the problem is is that it's on, that decision is just on football. All that is is, is what would that guy look like when we played him, or hey, I remember him from recruiting. You haven't got to know him as a person. You don't know his family. You don't know what he's looking for in a school. All those things that still come – and you got to do it in such a short window. That's why I think it's 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 going to be, you know, hey, whenever a guy's ready, a guy's ready. Yeah, and sometimes those connections can, uh, you know, a, a previous relationship with a player or a coach can can be uh, important in, in trying to be first or trying to be early. Uh, Charlie Jones, I believe, is the receiver's name, the uh, the Iowa uh, transfer uh, who uh, who entered the portal, and you know, when back when he played at Buffalo in 2018, Rock Bell and Tony was his special teams coach and, and he's you know, an outstanding return man uh, who, who maybe wants to you know make a uh, you know make a larger impact in receiver and that's just one player who's been linked to Auburn in the portal but it's very interesting to see how you know maybe Rock Bell and Tony's pre-existing relationship with Charlie Jones may play in Auburn's favor depending on the decision Charlie Jones makes yeah I, I think it's again you're right it's why if I'm if I'm recruiting guys now then then you know, I'm not a kid commits to another school. I'm going to continue to recruit that guy until he signs and is on campus because you never know when you get a second chance at, at signing a guy. And so I think, I think it's always more than ever now. It's it's going to be important to continue to have those relationships and to keep that door open to say, hey, I know you didn't choose me now, but we're always here for you. I think that's going to be a, a huge part of recruiting moving forward. Jason, really appreciate you spending a little time with us. I uh, wanted to, just a couple of quick things. I mean, uh, what Auburn would love to get going. Hopefully, this time off for baseball, a little reset. Uh, lo- love to get the offense going, get get Sonny cranked up again. Yeah, it's that's obviously a, a big goal. And they've been able to kind of get back to the basics a little bit. They've done a lot of situational hitting. Um, they've had some scrimmage situations as well. And um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, shuffle the, the batting order a little bit and, and try to make some, some tweaks there. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, they went 0 for 9 um, in the SEC tournament game with runners in scoring position. That's what it comes down to. Um, if you're not a big three-run home run team, then you got to get them over and get them in, and, and, and you got to get some clutch hits. And that's the difference. That's, that's the difference between playing deep into this month or, or going home early. And then I uh, wanted to get you, I mean, we mentioned a little while ago, I mean, some, uh, uh, some changes in the lineup over there at, uh, at 24-7. Yeah, you, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Keith Niebuhr has, has uh, decided to move on. And, man, I've, I've so enjoyed working with Keith and getting to know him over the years. And, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, uh, dealing with some, some issues, uh, family issues. So I wish him the, the best at sure. his next stop. But, you know, get the chance to bring in uh, – Christian Clemente, Christian, I got to know Christian, a hard worker. He's come out of the gates roaring today with a oh, ton, yeah. <laughs> ton of information, a ton of things, and just looking forward to uh, to working with him and kind of our uh, our, our reset at, at you know Auburn Undercover, Auburn Two Four Seven, inside the Auburn Tigers, and and uh, moving forward with kind of the next generation. Jason, really appreciate it, man. Looking forward to uh, to a, a big weekend of information from from everybody over there and. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you at the ballpark. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Jason Caldwell joining us here on the Wednesday Drive. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in. 
334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline. 382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes of hour number one of The Drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell for joining us from over at Plainsman Park where he's, uh, I'm sure, getting ready to, um, you know, preparing a story that he will post there. But, but yeah, he's right. Uh, Christian Clemente's had like three or four stories there on uh, 24-7 Sports in his first day joining the team there. So, yeah, they've, they've got the, the crew getting ready to cover everything that's going on this weekend. Something we um, so, something we discussed with Jason and, and sort of speculated about that we actually have an answer to, Auburn will start Trace Bright. Yeah, on so Jason Friday. and I were both right. That's I right. mean, you asked me, then we asked Jason, and it does make sense. You go with a guy who's been your uh, Friday night starter, uh, and and you are the top seed. You're going against the four seed. You're playing at home. You should win, and that would then set up your best pitcher against the winner of the Florida State-UCLA game. And, and those teams can't afford to save guys because they both will be going uh, – they both have aces that could go. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe Florida State or UCLA doesn't go with their – top guys, but I'd be surprised because you do not want to drop the first game in a regional and, and drop back into the loser's bracket. Oh, certainly not. I mean, this is a – and you would think that as the one seed you have – you do have the advantage that you're not playing UCLA or Florida State in the first round, uh, but if you were to slip up in that game, then you're you're playing with your season on the line in the – a second game of the field, and that's a. I mean, not that you want to strategize for that outcome. You'd, you'd like to strategize for you know, no matter which, no matter what happens in game one, you want to feel good about the starter you've got in game two. And with the way Joe Joe Gonzalez has pitched this year, uh, Auburn will feel pretty good about the arm they're sending into uh, game two. It's just a matter of what can you get out of the team in game one, uh, and can you go uh, to the winners bracket. Uh, from that uh, from that first uh, matchup, or uh, does uh, does game two have the season on the line? Yep. Uh, so, so that's that's interesting that we get that Trace Bright starting game one. We're halfway done here on the Wednesday drive. Oh, you know we mentioned Sonny Deshera, and uh, hopefully we'll get him tomorrow. That the, uh, Auburn practicing right now, so hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Sonny in tomorrow so we'll be wide open in hour number two give us a call on the kia of auburn hotline again the number is 334-321-1390 as we head into hour number two of the wednesday drive Point three fm in birmingham and Sylacauga. to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com welcome into hour number two of the wednesday drive bill and dan drew at the controls here in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments 
on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's uh, go ahead and get to the Kia of Auburn hotline right here off the bat. Tex gets us started here in hour number two. Hey, Tex. How you doing, Tex? I'm doing well, guys. How are y'all? I'm doing fine. I've never gotten more calls for tickets to an Auburn baseball game that were all from Louisiana in my life. Well, let me tell you, this morning, uh, again, I, I spend a few minutes every Wednesday morning with, uh, with, with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on their show. And, and now Wimp's grandson, Barry's son, is committed to Auburn. Jack, uh-huh. a big lefty. Yep. And so they were down. I mean, apparently Bar- Barry and Jack have come down to a few ball games, and, and they were – Thinking about checking out some of the regional, and they were and, and Barry was telling me this morning, please let him know if I come across any tickets because he can't find any. So, so there's a a future a future Auburn pitcher and his dad looking for tickets. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. This it's a hot ticket. Well, this is southeastern Louisiana Lion fans that have been calling me, wanting to, wanting to know what hotel I can get them into. And how we can get them good seats? Do they not? Did I would imagine there there were a, a, a few tickets allotted for each of the other schools. There, there, there was, and I don't know the numbers, but my my guess is they're not very large. Right. And once you get family and staff in there, you probably fill up pretty quick, carrying a thirty-five man roster. So, uh, plus staffs now are so much larger. So I may be redundant or repetitive based on what Jason said. I didn't get to hear him. I uh, wanted to hear him. I've known Matt Reiser for a long time. Uh, he was an assistant coach under J.R. Teagues when they were recruiting my son. And a couple characteristics about a Southeastern team that's always been there that people ought to know is, number one, they're really, really scrappy. Uh they're also really cocky at times, but they're really scrappy, play really, really good defense, and they will do things to move runners from everything from fake bunt steal, fake bunt slash. Uh, they'll bunt and run. They'll hit and run. They'll hit and run in odd, account, odd counts, which are very unusual for a hit and run. Uh, they will do things a little bit different to try to try and take advantage of what Matt Reiser's always wanted, they run really, really well. Yeah, I yeah, heard that, across that's, the board. That, that is ex- what Jason pointed out was how much they run. Nola dot com uh, talked with Matt Reiser, you know, after his team uh, entered the uh, tournament and found out about the draw, and you know, he he was really sort of emphasizing, you know, we're not we're not just happy to be there, despite the you know Auburn and, and UCLA and Florida State, and I, I thought an interesting stat about this. A southeastern Louisiana team, and and maybe it'll translate to the NCAA tournament. Maybe it won't, Tex. Uh, but the the fact that this is a team that needed to win that conference tournament to make the NCAA's. They were not the regular season champion. McNeese was uh, was was the team that you know. Well, I mean, it was it's a one bid league. The team was going to have to win the tournament, but McNeese was expected to win. Southeastern Louisiana played six elimination games in the conference tournament and won them all. Every single time they had to win the game to advance, they, they were able to do so. And that's, you know, you want to say it's, it's a mental toughness or a character, you know, whatever. whatever you, like, that's, that's something that 
you know, I, I, that that intrigues me about a, a smaller conference team coming to to, to play a, a tournament like the one Southeastern's uh, going to find themselves in this weekend. Well, and that goes back to the style of game that they play. They continually want to put pressure on you when you're in the field as much as when when you're at the plate. So when you're in the field, they're going to try and do things that cause your defense to move to where a routine ground ball all of a sudden becomes a base hit. So, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of baseball players in Louisiana. Not all their, their roster is Louisiana, but a lot of really good baseball players in Louisiana. And it's, there's something scary to me, though, about a host that hasn't played in a little while and a team that has gotten really hot at the end of the season. Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree with the team that's gotten really hot. I'm not as concerned when the team that hasn't played in a little while wasn't hot when they stopped playing. That's true. But my, to me, I, I like our staff. I also like the way our team has always rebounded mm-hmm. in, in right. For lack of better, awkward situations or difficult situations. Bounced back. The team is they're, – they're a bounce-back team. Uh, I will tell you, I would not pitch off on Friday night. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of teams, depending on the draw, get to pitch off on a Friday night when it's a 1-4. I don't think this is a 4 that you want to pitch off against. No, well, they can I mean, make it extremely difficult. Well, I mean, we did see Trace is getting the start. I mean, it, it, that makes mm-hmm. sense that you've got Joseph, uh, hopefully the, for the uh, Florida State-UCLA winner. I agree, and I will tell you, too, they won't be intimidated by Plainsman Park. They play every year at the box. Mm-hmm. And they bring a lot of people, and the box is full of LSU people. They've been in those environments before. They also have played a couple other places where uh, I think they beat Ole Miss this year, uh, which you got to take a little grain of salt as to when that was. But it was a midweek game, and it was in pretty solid fashion, too. Uh, so I think it's going to be fun. I, I really and honestly, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that I hate to admit. I had to turn down tickets because I had a previous commitment, and I'm a moron. I thought my commitment was next weekend, not this weekend, which would have been bad bad positioning next weekend too. Well, I mean, so, you, if you you didn't hear us earlier, you you've heard some of the uh, um, some of the mistakes by 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 me and. Uh, our, our mutual friend who uh, bought, con- bought bought concert tickets before we uh, realized, oh, we might be hosted. Tex, they went to uh, they hey. went to Arkansas right before conference play mm-hmm. started. Southeastern Louisiana uh, played a played a three game mm-hmm. series uh, in Fayetteville uh, back at the uh, beginning of March. As far as like you, you, to your point about not being intimidated by big stages or mm-hmm. uh, imposing crowds, this is a team that's you know they they played several games in the SEC uh, or against SEC teams this year. Ole Miss went there. Actually, but they uh, they they uh, they did play three games in Fayetteville uh, just uh, j- just a little more than two months ago. Yeah, Ole Miss's trip down was to uh, then they went and played either at LSU or it was after LSU, one of the two. I will tell you what about the Arkansas. My son pitched in that in that stadium in a midweek game. He said, and he pitched at LSU. He's pitched in other venues. Uh, he said one of the most difficult places to be 
because of the two big fat guys behind the first base dugout that yelled the whole time. They had the most boisterous voices that he could remember, and he could hear them over the top of everybody else. Normally it's a hum, but these two guys, and I, and I mean that with all love and care, they're huge. Tex, have you seen um, the have you seen the video of the guy uh, grabbing the catching the raccoon with his bare hands in the in the in the left field bleachers during the Arkansas game this year? Uh, no. Well, there's, there's <laughs> I I assure you I assure you that happened too. You see a, you see a guy you see a guy reach down pull up a raccoon. He's holding it with and there's and you can see in the video clip you can see those the, things are dangerous. You can see the Vanderbilt yep. you can see the Vanderbilt bullpen. Watching, watching this happen, and they are just thinking, "What planet are we on right now?" Where this this is happening in left field as a game is going on. So, yeah, that can be an intimidating place to play. I imagine. Yeah. Well, I've shot one before and gone to pick it up, and it wasn't completely dead. Yeah, it wasn't a very bright thing to do to go pick it up. I uh, can no. tell you that. Tell you what, uh, uh, so, one, one more they, thing: they they have sharp teeth and claws. One more thing about Southeastern: yes. they, they also played. Speaking of on the impressive schedule they've got this year, they played a, a midweek game uh, in Hattiesburg against uh, against Southern Miss that came down to it was a tie game going into the ninth inning uh, just a little more than a month ago. That's a uh, that's a Southern Miss team that just missed out on a on a national seed. They're hosting a regional, and and a lot of people think they could be going to the uh, to the College World Series this year. They only have one problem. LSU's going to that region. <laughs> <laughs> so the bats that LSU are bringing are unlike anything that Southern Miss has seen. By yep. the way, have you ever been to that park? Southern Miss? No, no. I mean. Yeah. It sits down. Like uh, South Carolina's football stadium, I don't know if it still does, sits down. You enter uh, about halfway up the stadium. It's like Troy. That's the, their, base, their, their baseball stadium, you enter – uh, above wow. the oh, yeah. box seat. So it would be mm-hmm. like entering where the steps are to go up on the concourse level at Plainsman Park. They're joining the – uh, down, but oddly enough, the ball carries extremely well. They're joining the Sun Belt, so I'm going to try to uh, – I'm, I'm going to be in Hattiesburg for, you know, for, uh, for a couple of days uh, next, uh, next basketball season. Might try, to, uh, might try to poke my head into the baseball stadium, see what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a real neat stadium. Looking forward to it. Well, luckily, I'm an ESPN Plus and an SEC Plus guy. So I'll be able to watch the game. A lot of, uh, lot so. of all, if you're if you're a college baseball fan, Friday is one of the best days of the year. I mean, you get. I mean, yep. when they kick off regional play, it's it's a it's a blast. Yep. Great stuff, Tex. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Tex. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that feel like LSU has a better draw playing at Southern Miss than Auburn does here hosting its own regional. Sure, and and there are some. Uh, uh, you know, you don't you don't want to project too far, but there you know there are some interesting matchups potentially in the super regional involving SEC teams as well. But no, LSU a a, a pick uh, you know for for some folks of the of the teams that are going on the road mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. That that's a team that that I've seen some folks thinking uh, can can win that that regional. Well, like I said yesterday, I mean you can't count any SEC team out anywhere. Um, but but yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I hope I hope Jason's weather forecast is right. I had not seen that. We were just. Talking about how hot it's going to be. Where, where's the cold? Where's the cold front coming? Well, we got a little. We got a little bit of rain in the forecast on Friday as well. That might be part of the reason why the temperature is down uh, from from the other wow. days. Because we got a high of ninety on Thursday, high of eighty three on Friday with a thirty percent chance of rain. Because last night, yeah, last night, the last thing I saw last night was like nineties every day for the next ten days or so. So that would be nice. That, that man, that would make it great at the ballpark if you know if there's not rain. God, Auburn and rain. We've had, we've had enough rain delays and and problems with the weather 
uh, with Auburn baseball, please. Who's hosting regionals in Florida this weekend? Miami and Florida are those? Are the, there's there's Coral Gables and, and Gainesville? I think are the, uh, the those would be. I think you're. St- I think we're still calling it Agatha. I don't know exactly what the story is there, but the uh, I thought it could change the storm. Yeah. Did, did it stop? Did yeah. it stop because it stopped being a tropical disturbance? Does it? Does it get renamed? Yes. It- I think since it's coming over, like the Gulf. Okay, so so what, what was the remnants of Agatha, which are uh, entering the Gulf of Mexico right now? There there should be a you know a tropical storm, maybe a hurricane hitting somewhere uh, this uh, this weekend, and right now most of the projections have it somewhere between. Uh, you know the the Florida the Florida Peninsula, which would imperil uh, Gainesville or Miami's uh, college baseball uh, this weekend. It seems like we might get some pleasant weather up up here at least, uh, compared to uh, where it could be uh, other parts of the country. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We're uh, uh, just a quarter of the way into hour number two. We'd course, love for you to join in. You say that you know with the, with the hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico, as though we have any idea where it's going to go once no, it gets right. once it gets to the Gulf of Mexico. You just you know you you, you pull the lever and and see where the uh, uh, you know see, see where it stops. Tex says it's raining here now. I don't know where Tex is. So wherever Tex is, <laughs> it's raining. I don't know if he's at the lake. I don't know if if he's in Baton Rouge or or what. But uh, uh, okay. It's uh, sunshiny right here. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive. And Sylacauga, to be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drives. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon, Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, anything on your mind sports-wise? Uh, love, love your thoughts on now that it's official, Alan Flanagan returning to Auburn basketball. I mean, I know there were, there were a lot of people going, oh, who's, who's the, the addition going to be? If Alan Flanagan is healthy Alan Flanagan, the one that everyone was looking forward to going into last year, I don't know that, uh, uh, I don't know that you're going to find somebody that fits what Auburn needed more than him. Right, and and Auburn has the option of uh, of of using their last scholarship on another player, or they could leave that scholarship unfilled. It depends on what the team wants to do. There is a benefit uh, from the NCAA penalty. Sure, you go ahead and satisfy your obligations. There, there is a uh, there there is a a penalty, and, and Auburn uh, Auburn had I think official I think it's I believe Bill. I think it's when you start the year, right? I think it's if, if you if you start the season with with twelve scholarship players for the purposes of a scholar, like if you reward a, a walk on with a scholarship, I don't know if that I don't know if that counts against. I the, I no, I think it's if you if a player has been in the program two years, and right. you, and you and you put them on scholarship, that doesn't count. They don't want you. They it's don't want initial, you initial. It's yeah. initial scholarship. So in other words, yes. Leor Berman could go on scholarship, and it wouldn't count against the NCAA sanctions. Exactly. Auburn uh, and, and, and Bruce Pearl, I believe, even mentioned uh, possibly putting Lior Berman on scholarship right. with, that, with that 13th scholarship. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a, that's so that you don't recruit a kid as a walk-on and then put him on scholarship Immediately. two weeks after the season right. starts. Hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, that's, Auburn had 12 scholarships last year, used the 13th one 
on Preston Cook as sort of a reward after years of service. Auburn could do that Mm -hmm. with the 13th scholarship this year if they don't want to uh, bring in another player into the fold. I think with with, with Caldwell and Alan Flanagan, I'm starting to I'm starting to lean towards your your line of thinking, Bill. That this is. I mean, just remember. I mean, I I know that it's hard to get away from what you saw last, and you know, Alan was you know was was not the Alan Flanagan of his sophomore year but he was so improved as a as a three-point shooter and such such an outstanding defender I think there's also I think there's some folks maybe who don't realize because it was a disappointing season how good Alan Flanagan was his sophomore yeah year. That's I think the, you're absolutely right that's the Sharif Cooper JT Thor yeah, Auburn season. had a sub 500 season they didn't, you know, they 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 weren't going anywhere. It was it was sort of a struggle. And yeah, you may not have realized how good to be, Alan to be clear was if, how well he was playing. Like take, take names out of it, just speaking in, in generalities. If there was a if I told you there was a six six player who had fourteen points, five and a half rebounds, three assists a game, started all twenty seven games for a power five conference team, and now that player was in the transfer portal. And and, and there uh, would be a healthy market for that player's oh, services. Auburn people would be losing their minds. We've got to get this guy. There would be a very healthy market for that well, player's what services. He, what did he shoot? What did he shoot from three point range? It was over thirty, wasn't it? In his in his sophomore year, in his sophomore year, I believe that's correct. Yeah, I I I, don't, I, I just had his uh, his stats in front of me. I'll see if I can pull up his percentages. I know the because, percentages. Because he struggled as a freshman, he struggled last year, but uh, he, he was much better shooting as a sophomore. Right, and that's and that doesn't uh, keep into a, uh, into doesn't factor in his defense either. And, and oh no, Alan Flanagan's defense is one of the reasons that uh, you know he was he was such a productive player as a true freshman on this team was that he was able to uh, he was able to provide uh, su- such quality. Perimeter he was a thirty four percent three point shooter in his in his sophomore sophomore year. year. Yeah, I mean that, that's All right, so. Give me those numbers. You go. All right, here's a six-six guy who was considered one of the better defenders in his league, in the Power Five league. Started started who, twenty-seven games. Uh, over fourteen points, five rebounds, three assists, and thirty-four percent three-point shooter. Yeah, there'd be a market. So I, I'd seventy-eight percent free throws. I really, I really hope Alan Flanagan and the fact that you know he he performed so well in the combine uh, last month at some of the events and some mm-hmm. of the uh, the drills that they were they were putting him through. Uh, you know that that's a sign uh, that maybe he is closer athletically to the player he was as a sophomore as opposed to what he had to do last year, and that's a big step for Auburn because he clearly was still uh, dealing with the effects of an injury that left him largely immobile for several months. Right? I mean, the guy, uh, you know, had had a, a an Achilles tendon injury uh, in in the uh, collision with a scooter, and. Uh, it was was uh, I mean he he lost several months of his ability to work with a basketball team and keep himself in shape and you know I think you saw the effects of that last season a full off season of a healthy Allen Flanagan I think you'll get a much better and a, and, a, and a different player than what you got his junior year and and maybe he can uh, uh, he he can uh, salvage uh, the uh, you know his his uh, you know the or not not salvage because still I mean he, he did a great job his first two years. Well, remember but, but he changed, was he was being projected as a possible yeah. first round pick. Rescue his draft stock. Yeah. That's sort of what what I'm trying to say because he's you know he's get got a bright future. Get back on track. Yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him. But I think the draft stock took a bit of a hit after oh, yes. after uh, uh, last season. And he's a really talented player. And uh, JG Tate of, uh, uh, of of rivals was able to talk to his dad Wes. And and Wes talked about how good it was mentally for Allen to compete against 
the kinds of players he was in front of NBA GMs and assistant GMs and perform well. That that he has, you know, there's no question he lost confidence. He was trying, he was doing everything, playing hard, but confidence is so much of a factor for any any competitor. If you you know if, if you're not fully confident, you're not going to be able to get it done. But I mean, if he has that confidence back because he was able to go up and have success against uh, players there at the NBA, you know, workouts, that's going to be that's going to be huge for him coming back and being a leader on this uh, this this twenty two twenty three team. And I think what was harming Allen last year, I'm I'm no doctor or expert on these sorts of things, Bill, but I thought what was really, I mean, he he was trying to get back athletically to what he was mm-hmm. before the injury. But it's also important to remember, once he once he was able to start playing basketball last year, he was doing it with a bunch of new teammates. Sure, I mean, you, you that's think, right. You, you think about the group Alan Flanagan was having to play with. I mean, imagine, we probably didn't talk about this enough, imagine missing the entire offseason. And then without being 100%. And the first month of the year. And, the first, and, and then you're still working your way back athletically when you get tossed into the mix with a whole bunch of guys you mm-hmm. haven't played with before in your life. I just, I, there are reasons to believe you could see a different and, and, and much improved Alan Flanagan in the 2022-2023 season, depending on what happens this offseason and if he can stay healthy. Uh, but there, there are reasons uh, for the Alan Flanagan you saw last year, and there are reasons to believe uh, that it could be a different story in, the, uh, in, in his senior year. Yeah, so, uh, so that's, that's big news with, uh, with the return of Allen today. You were looking earlier. I mean, uh, we, we, we still, I still haven't seen when, the, you know, what time or whatever, because we were under the understanding that, um, that today was the deadline for players to withdraw from the, from the NBA draft. Maybe, maybe it's not today because I haven't seen a, a story about it, but you would think it is, especially I got with Dylan I got Cardwell and, and Allen making the announcements here in the last 36 hours. All right, so Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated says 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Tonight? Is, is, the, uh, okay. is the deadline so, to... Um, so 11, by 11 o'clock tonight, if a player, our time, if a player has not withdrawn from the NBA draft, he is not eligible to play NCAA basketball next year. And Jalen Williams from Arkansas deciding to stay in the draft is probably the biggest news as far yeah. as the players that were considering uh, what to do. Uh, Christian Brown, the um, the uh, uh, Kansas guard, also staying in the draft. There was a belief that maybe a lot of Kansas's uh, starting lineup uh, could be uh, returning for for another year and attempt to defend their championship, but uh, instead uh, he's uh, uh, he's leaving. Jalen Wilson is coming back. Uh, he was the starting four. On that uh, on that Kansas uh, team, he was also in the combine with Alan Flanagan. Jalen Wilson was another player that was maybe considering uh, the NBA draft, but he's going to go back to uh, to college basketball instead. We mentioned Santiago Vescovi over the weekend. He made the decision to return to uh, to the Tennessee Volunteers. I mean, it's not you know I'd say at this point it's uh, it, it's it's there, there's not a, a ton of players that I mean Drew Timmy at, at Gonzaga is, is a you know an important player with a, with oh, a decision yeah. to make. I mean there are a few. If you're a college basketball had, fan, hadn't he hadn't he been there for like a decade? I believe he has one year of eligibility left, <laughs> and he could he could decide Seems to. Seems uh, like he has been there forever. I think Drew Timmy's got one year of eligibility left that he I could mean, decide. The guy's beard's gray now. That's I mean that's he, he could be uh, he, he could be uh, putting putting in one more work and then and then uh, right to retirement right right after that just just uh, you know five, five six years of uh, college basketball and then right to uh, right to shuffleboard. Yeah, so I mean that that'll be interesting to see from. This evening, that's some of the uh, the basketball news. Uh, we're approaching our bottom of the hour break, and uh, you know we'll 
We'll continue to preview Auburn baseball, the regionals there. Uh, we can look at some, uh, some, some, some football news as well. We'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise here on the uh, Wednesday edition of The Drive, Bill, Dan, and, and uh, Drew. Yeah, I mean, I, this is a – for Auburn baseball, this, this is a really fascinating weekend because you've had uh, – you know, it's been so long since Auburn has – uh, yeah, like, like like Tex was saying, you know, it's a little bit of a concern when you've had this this long a layoff. Well, not just it's been so long since Auburn took the field, but it's been over a decade since Auburn hosted well, that's regional play. So I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going it's going to be a, a unique atmosphere for something that that hasn't happened very much of late uh, for Auburn. I think the point you made when Tex talked about the layoff is a good one, Bill. Uh, usually, if you're playing really well, you know, if this team's on fire. You look at an eight or oh, nine. You do not want time off. You want to just keep playing every day. You look at an eight or nine day layoff, and you think this is a you know this is a, a bucket of cold water that's getting dumped on us. Instead, you know I, I think Auburn down the stretch seemed like a team that maybe needed a break, needed a breather, needed to to re- reset, and the, uh, the the layoff gives them that. We'll see if it benefits them when they take the field on Friday. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Maybe they were listening. Because this just, I just got this email. All right, uh, I'll read that. We'll, we'll update you when we come back here for the final half hour of the Wednesday Drive. 4321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final half hour of the Wednesday Drive. And uh, all right, what I was talking about. All right. At the start of the show, I was really confused. I was talking about, oh, all the, the music we're going to uh, uh, be hearing here over the next week. And then I opened my digital wallet, and I looked, and it's like, that's not the date. That's a completely different date. And there were conflicting dates for the Doobie Brothers online. So Bill he, Bill's seeing Bonnie Raitt, Garth Brooks, and he thought he was seeing the Doobie Brothers next All week. within the next Six days. Within the next week. But yeah, between the, now and next Tuesday, I was going to watch all those. But the Doobie Brothers show has been moved. There's also it's a like, show. It's constantly. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm wondering if that's ever going to, to be held. They well, Because they, it's already been postponed for over two years. That's right. Well, they, they, they moved a show. I guess there's a show in Tampa and a show in, uh, in Atlanta that got moved to July. And so... Yeah, now your Doobie Brothers show is on... Is on a Sunday. Is on Sunday July night, 17th. July, July 17th. And they're also, they're also playing a little bit closer to here, uh, but or it's not, yeah. that, not that much closer, but it's football weekend. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're playing at Oak Mountain uh, up in the Birmingham area, which is a nice, nice uh, facility as well. Um, but Maybe yeah, there's still that, time for the Goose. That is the night before... Yeah, that that's the night before the season opening football game. Maybe the, maybe the Goosh can can squeeze them in there somewhere, right? You know, they do that to me again. <laughs> that's like, Vince Gill, right? Like like I did after I bought Vince Gill because he the closest place that 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 was going to be was going to be Atlanta, and then now it's scheduled at the Goosh. I, I got to the tell, night before. I got to tell Bill. Yeah, great. I got to tell Bill that news. Thanks. I'm still I'm I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at possibilities there. So yeah. Anyway, while we were but you're going to get, get to see the Doobie as Brothers, as we're going just, yeah. to the last break, I get an email. Hi, Bill. Your event has been rescheduled, but your tickets are still valid. Well, it's like, well, that's nice to know. An hour and a half after I happened to come across my tickets that said a different date. Well, and, and it's also nice because we were sort of wondering, like, shouldn't this come with some sort of announcement? Shouldn't you well, know? I should- guess they didn't figure that people would happen to be checking it. 
and they probably were making the change as right. they were coming on the air. They just were doing it one website at a time. Live Nation probably got there first, you know, with yeah, the, with it the got there before then. the Doobie Brothers yeah. site did, or before before the venue before the venues site got it. And, and now now everything's up to date. You are going to well, you s- want the ticket place to get it first. That's true, but but as you were speculating, well. People could be driving to Alpharetta <laughs> next week without knowing the show's been postponed. Check your email. Now, th- now they've got some word. Yeah, heads yeah. up on, on that one. But, uh, but no, you'll still – and I, I mean you are going to see the Doobie Brothers at some point. You're going to get to see them. It's just uh, – uh, yeah, yeah, if I have to track them down somewhere, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see them before – I mean, you know, the thing is some of these bands, you want to see them while they're still there, you know? Well, that's – I mean, there have been a couple – there have been a couple of acts. ZZ Top. Couple. Well, that's 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 the ZZ. That's what happened. We, we ZZ. saw ZZ Top the week that Dusty passed. Yeah, it was the first show without him. It was. You were, you were the first. It was. You and the very. Yeah. Let's be clear about this. You had ZZ Top tickets. Yeah, I'd had that, them for a long time. That had been postponed over and over and yes, over it again had for for about a year and a half. You were about to go see him, and yep. we and we checked like, we oh, checked Dusty the news. Hill. Dusty Hill dies, and it's like, oh, are you serious? And it's like, well, now and there's no uh, way the show's going to happen. And, and they then went, they decided, and Dusty's family said he would want it. Go ahead and play. So we went. It was a great show, and, and I think you—you you great show. I mean, you got to see one of the more memorable ZZ Top yeah. shows in, in that situation. But it was great. Now, now a, a little different now, I mean, because there are some acts that I, you know, have have been fans of, uh, for a, I've been a fan of for a long time that I hadn't seen. And I mean, it's like if there's a band that I hadn't seen, the Doobie Brothers were one of those. Another one we had earlier, just uh, a couple of months ago, was Marshall Tucker. And Marshall Tucker only has one original member left, but it's the lead singer. So we went and saw Marshall Tucker. The problem is he really doesn't have a voice anymore. But he does a great job. Still got of, to see him. Did a great job of entertaining the crowd. And, and they've got other guys that, that, I mean, have been sort of with the band uh, for, you- for, for a long time. No more Toy and Tommy Caldwell, but, I mean, uh, it was still a fun show. And then, at the end, the whole crowd got to sing Can't You See. I is, mean, so, so that was fun. Is there, a, is there a band, not to get too morbid about it, but is there a band where, or a musician where you really wanted to see him and you waited too late, and now, like, they're... Texas texting me, YouTube has them all. Yeah, well, you know, I like being there and seeing them performing live. <laughs> You know, tech, that's surprising yeah. from a guy who's a live event guy like Tex, too. Like, you know, they're well, live got, sports yeah, it's, as, it's, opposed it's, to, as, as opposed to concerts. But, but is, there, is there somebody that comes to mind where it's like, oh, I would have liked to see him. I, you know, maybe had a chance to and uh, waited and, and now it's now it's never going to happen. There's there's someone who comes. Well, to I'm my, sure there are. I mean, so I, not, I you know, I never got to, I never saw the Beatles. But right. I mean, <laughs> but that's I don't know if that's going <laughs> to know if that's, uh, you know, yeah, you may have missed your shot on that. Although you've seen Paul McCartney, right? You've seen, you, you, no, or no, you, no, you've seen, you I've saw seen Ringo. You saw Ringo, Ringo twice. You saw the All-Star All-Stars. Band. Yeah. I, I've, I've known some people that have, uh, that have gone to a couple of the Paul McCartney shows on this, uh, on the, on this latest tour. And, uh, and they're saying he's still, they, they haven't, they haven't been very near and they haven't been there a very reasonable. No, no, there's, <laughs> there's a market for, there, there's a, a, there are certain limits, certain, you know, certain limits that I can. Uh, that's, I, I can't exceed. You know what? That's one where I think people are starting to think. You know, we better we better watch. We better go see him while we still can. You know, Paul, yeah, Paul, McCart- Paul McCartney's one where it's like you know better better, better take that opportunity. I mean, I w- I've seen the Stones a couple of times. I would have so. I would have loved to see Tom Petty. Um, yeah. That was one where I and and I was um, I know never, I never got that. So chance. he played he played the Hollywood Bowl his last 
concert ever and passed away right. a couple days later. I know a couple of people who were at that Hollywood Bowl show and, uh, you know, I, I were raving about how good he still sounded. And, you know, if, if he if he goes on tour, you know, they, they were recommending by all means. And, and he uh, yeah just, just just passed away a couple of a couple of days after that. So, yeah, so it's you know, you, you, you never know. And I guess there's a. Uh, there's a cautionary tale there about about you know waiting uh, too too long to go see right. a, an act you know if or, you know some, something that's if right. I mean so so if there's one that's reasonable and it's within you know a, a decent range uh, I'll, I'll go well not just I mean I think there's there's the you know how, how much longer do we have with this artist but there's also the question of how much longer will the artist still want to put on this kind of show I think that's with Garth right like it's not it's not so much that you know Gar- Garth Brooks is you know that we think he's not long for this earth or no, anything I like think, that. I think, I think, but I wonder how much. You know, I wonder how many more. How many? How how much longer will he want to, to keep putting forth the effort? Yes, that he does because that man works. Although you know, people said that about Mick Jagger in the seventies. That's true. People did that's, say that, that about Mick that's Jagger. Fifty. He still oh, he still moves like he, Jagger. Yeah. Is that, yeah. He he won't be, he won't be able to do that in the nineties. You know, God, he, he that's, that's a that's amazing. <laughs> that that really is it's amazing. He should, uh, he should people science should study Mick Jagger, right? Like yeah, that, you're right. Like we, that, there's, and Keith Richard. Yeah. Oh, Keith Richard. oh they're studying. Science has studied Keith <laughs> Richards. No Believe question. me. Believe me, science has oh, studied him. Oh man. Uh yeah, I'm just I'm looking at some of the upcoming concerts and who haven't I seen? Uh saw Rod Stewart. Yeah. Auburn. He probably and that, that's Beard Eves? Yeah. Oh absolutely. Man. Uh let's see. See Rod Stewart and Cheap Trick are playing together. Uh, here, here's an interesting one. Kid Rock with special guest Grand Folk Railroad. Wow. Okay. He's. Uh, I mean, they're. They're. Uh, you know, he, he's he's leaned into that sort of Michigan classic rock sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. But yeah when you're we, right. You can see Seeger maybe maybe show up in those. Uh, you know, oh, one that, of those. That's no, he, no, that that was a great show. Bob, Bob, Seeger? Bob Seeger. I believe that. Really good show. Yeah, seen seen a lot of them. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's. Uh, so yeah, looking forward. All right, so now looking forward to July seventeenth. That's right. You're gonna go. Don't see... change it on me again. Well, we'll see. But the uh, yeah. So 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 Bill's seeing Bonnie Raitt on Friday. You're seeing. Yeah. So Darth. I won't be here Friday. And I, I you know, and and Bon not not to shortchange Bonnie Raitt. We're gonna want a full report on the Garth Brooks show. I mean, that, this is this oh, yeah. is a. Uh, that, that, that's a that's a spectacle and a whole uh, it's it's progressive is, is that the, protective, it, protect, life. protective life uh, mm-hmm. the uh, I was trying to remember which, which uh, field you were going to see it at but that's have you ever been there before no uh, no I haven't didn't go to the because I didn't go to the bowl game this year that's right so it'll be uh, it'll be your first uh, your your first check in the in the new in the new Birmingham uh, mm-hmm. stadium as well yeah and that's that's one that's in the round uh, and so I got a seat like in the corner of the end zone is close on, on like the front row in the corner of the end zone. It should be pretty close. Does he do the, the does he do the rotating? Does yeah. he do the rotating stage? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. So, uh, so, so that one's coming up as well. All right. Uh, as you can tell, I mean, would have been, been cool if he played Jordan Hare stadium. I don't know if we've gone on the air with that one. No, no we haven't. I, <laughs> I, I, I have, I have heard that that could have been a possibility. Yeah, don't want to, you know. Uh, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah, don't want to, don't want to. Really a shame. Don't want to uh, get into rumor mongering or anything. Well, but boy, I mean, that that would have been pretty cool. Way, way, way back in the day when I was in school, there were there were a couple of big acts that wanted to play the the stadium back when it was just Cliff Air Stadium, and you know we didn't want that kind of riffraff coming in. Well, and and then I mean, oh uh, man, I don't know. Maybe some events took took place that that left. No, I I know what you mean. I mean that the. the uh, the, the that that's like a late sixties early seventies sort of uh, sort of mm-hmm. sort of uh, concerts. I could see why the 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 attitudes towards rock music were a little more hostile. Yeah, uh, back that, back then possibly, but uh, no su- su- surprise. I mean, no, that's a uh, and that's that's sort of the surprising thing. Again, and any any stadium that would turn down 
Garth Brooks, if given the opportunity, seems shocking Why? because yeah, you you know that's that's uh it's it's wholesome and uh I, there's and an audience and there's an audience it, it, for it. yeah. It would uh, be a little boost to the economy, I would think. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite stories about this Garth Brooks show that I've heard is when he played uh, Tiger Stadium, which I believe it set the uh, the stadium and the, the show in Baton Rouge earlier this year set a new record for I believe it's the most people at an outdoor like an outdoor stadium concert in the United States or something like that, or some sort of new record for an outdoor. Hmm. I mean, it's a, a hundred and five hundred six thousand yeah because people. i mean they 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 fill the field as and, well and they ran out of beer. the worst seats to have are in the opposite end zone they they ran out of beer at the garth brooks lsu uh or at the, oh at, no no, no here's but here's why because they they brought the same amount of beer that they would bring for an lsu game but the problem is the concession stand folks brought the same amount of beer they would bring for an lsu football game you don't have the pl- you don't have people all on the field and drinking and the game at least I, not that i know well, of it at LSU games and people leave in the in the oh, in the third true. quarter in the fourth that's quarter right. people leave. Oh, the game's over. Well, the concert's not over Garth, yet. Garth Brooks wasn't done, and they yeah, I think I, my my understanding is they they uh that they were they wow, were bo- they were bone dry in, <laughs> in Baton Rouge after the Garth Brooks show was over. Uh, that's a great story. All right, we will uh, we'll get to our final break. Maybe we'll talk some sports in the final segment. Who knows? You can guide us three three four three two one thirteen nine. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, me personally? Yeah, Ooh. and then our listeners do. Mm. You know what, what comes to Tech mind? Tech says Garth is the best concert I would, I that would he's be, ever been to. I would believe Garth. Um, let me think off the... I got two. Maybe, who was the best concert I ever went to? The Red Hot Chili Peppers were great. I saw I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, uh, in uh, in the mid-2000s, and they were they were outstanding. You know who was, you know who was really, really good? The B-52s put on... Huh. I saw the B-52s backed by the L.A. Philharmonic at the, uh, at the Hollywood Bowl uh, for Labor Day weekend a couple of years ago, and they were great. They were really, really, really good. Still, still looked and sounded great. The mu- I mean, people maybe just think of Love Shack, and they don't realize there's like a ton of, of mm-hmm. familiar, fun B-52s uh, uh, music. So, uh, yeah, th- those are uh, Chili Peppers and the, and the B-52s come to mind as, as, as artists who put on a great show. I'll give you two from Beard Eves that – if they're not the two best, they may just be the most memorable for me. Uh, that that would be the Eagles um, on their uh, um, long run tour, uh, and and I mean with with Joe Walsh front row with with uh, Joe Walsh and and uh, Don Felder dueling the guitars there on uh, Hotel California, and uh, Elton's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour <sighs> yeah. at Beard Eves. He's and that's uh, that's a show. I imagine that that that's um, yeah. that's a fellow that's Was a fellow a show. that's a fellow Indeed. who puts on a show. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. Summer has arrived, and just.